Hey folks, and welcome to episode 5 of the Medium Term Podcast hosted by myself, Alan Sidley. This week I launched a book, Daddy Issues, a fatherless comedian's original jokes. So obviously I'm going to set some medium term goals for myself in terms of what sales numbers I want to see in the next six months, as well as you know some of the opportunities that I'm looking ahead to take advantage of as I release this new platform. Um, and then later, I'm going to be joined by my publicist and family friend, Deborah Wallace, and she's going to interview me. We're going to talk about the book a little bit and just kind of give you some of the story behind the story as well as some background that you wouldn't know from the Amazon listing. So let's get into it. Wake up. See the sky, see the clouds amongst the sun. See the day for everything it could be. Stop treading on that snooze button. Run. I think the thing I'm most excited about besides bringing in some revenue from this book and sharing my jokes with the world, those are obviously the first two things, is I'm especially excited for the platform and opportunities this book will provide for me. Um, first off, you know, already promoting the hell out of this book. I'm posting more on social media. I'm engaging more with, you know, the community. And that by itself, even separate from this book, helps elevate my platform. Uh, the thing I'm most excited about, though, is, you know, connecting with some local radio shows, some local podcasts, maybe getting on some national stuff, and really just using this as a platform to elevate myself within the local and national community. I plan on doing some book signings, plan on going on tour once things open up and really pushing the Daddy Issues book and the Daddy Issues, uh, you know, joke tour that regular comedians would do. Uh, in terms of figuring out where I want to see this go in the next six months, you know, I kind of, I have no idea how many joke books a random regular person would sell. So I decided a thousand books. I want to sell a thousand books Six months from April 1st, uh, May, June, July, August, September, October. October 1st, I want to sell a 1,000 books. And the great thing about that is there's a lot of ways to sell books. It's not just getting them on Amazon, getting them to your friends. I mean, you can pitch local libraries. I actually learned this past week that libraries are the number one purchaser of books. Who would have thought? Makes sense. But until you think about it, you don't know. Uh, so... Yeah, 1,000 copies, that would be super cool. I have no idea how many books I've sold. Amazon really keeps that information close to the chest. Um, so yeah, in, in six months from now, I'm definitely just going to look at those numbers and see if I need to change my marketing strategy. I've been told that a book launch is a year-long process, so just getting as much that I can out of this uh, while the train is still going, and then you probably get your one-year anniversary of the launch of the book, and then boom, you better have something new to show people, so... That's the plan, and hopefully, you know, once I get my vaccines, I'll be able to go on tour, and that tour will really be, you know, an East Coast tour. Maybe I'll get over to L.A. and San Diego as well, but just pump the book, get a comedy album, boom, next thing. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it for me, folks. I'd like to now bring in my uh, interview guest. Deborah Wallace is a professional magazine writer, editor, motivational speaker, autism advocate, and publicist. Deborah's work regularly appears in Parade.com, PopCulturePress.org, Philadelphia Life, South Jersey, Orlando Today, Delaware Today, and Monsters and Critics. Her specialties include entertainment features, business profiles, and celebrity cover stories, including interviews with John Travolta, Richard Gere, Tina Fey, 
Julianne Lennon, and the cast of The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Joan Goodall, Big Bird, and Cookie Monster. Deborah's award-winning print and digital stories have appeared in Family Circle, Business Week, Modern Healthcare, Cosmopolitan, and the British Press Association. Her public relations, promotions, and networking have greatly elevated the profiles of healthcare and autism nonprofits. Her writing and PR have helped raise more than a million dollars for social services and educational programs. Hey, Deborah, welcome to the program. Thank you, Alan, for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, you are helping me out with my business and my dreams, so I feel like it only makes sense to try to elevate the people who are elevating me and get the word out. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into what you do. Okay. Um, well, we we're all experiencing shaky times right now uh, with the pandemic and, and all the things that are going on. So where does your confidence to do stand-up, sketch comedy, write a book, embark on an East Coast comedy tour, where does all that come from? Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting because it's not always there, right? Confidence can be a shaky thing, but I really do think it's like a combination of just being relentless about these kinds of pursuits. Like to me, you know, it's almost not a choice. Obviously, there's options of like taking nights off where I'm not writing, taking nights off where I'm not performing, but just having that attitude of probably always being somewhat discontent, whether that's a negative thing, but that does push me. Uh, so that's kind of like the first part. And then the other part is just like, honestly, I'm in a just much better place, like physically and emotionally right now. And when your mental health is in a better spot, you just feel much more confident. So I've got a new job. I now have like stable income coming in. I get some really positive feedback from that job. And that really helps like propel me into my, you know, feeling good about stuff. So then when I do have time to focus on creative work, it's not the only thing I'm doing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's honestly just, it's been a great, you know, past couple of months, if I'm being honest and yeah. Well, you have an impressive body of work, uh, and I know you're going to build on that. Um, starting with the book that launched, uh, just the other day, April Fool's Day. Uh, talk about the title of the book, Daddy Issues, A Fatherless Comedian's Original Jokes. Um. Well, for the second part, uh, you know, original jokes. So just to clarify that this is a joke book of all these jokes that I have written. So, you know, there's the originality there. And a lot of these jokes can really, you know, they're puns and one-liners. They're short, quick jokes, which can be labeled as dad jokes. You know, that's like the new term of the century for some of those like eye-rolling, groan-giving jokes. Um, but honestly, I think that these, even though they can be labeled as that, they're hilarious. And you really haven't seen or heard them before. The things that I do to words, Deb, has just not, not really been done before. And then, you know, if you want to talk about daddy issues, we add to the fact that, you know, my dad passed away when I was a baby. So I've got, you know, obviously I've got some daddy issues there and I'm telling dad jokes. So that's kind of how the title just, it came together. Got it. Got it. Um, so most of us went through a year of, of isolation because of COVID-19, lockdown, everything being closed up. What did you learn about yourself and life in general during the pandemic? 
Yeah, so I I learned to just like honestly, as cheesy and as corny as it sounds, to just really be grateful for what I have and kind of use that um, as like a you know that's like the space that I'm in, and then knowing that I can endure this. You know, obviously everyone has some tragedy in their life when the pandemic came. You know, lost my job, I've lost some family. Uh, and then losing that job, I lost my identity, right? I was a comedy show producer. I couldn't do that anymore. And it was like, what do I even do now? Um, but ultimately, I didn't really give up. I just took those creative pursuits and the interests that I've had in the past and just kind of kept trying until I was able to, like, just ultimately link everything together where, okay, you know, I'm still a joke writer. I'm still a comedian. Let's just keep moving this forward. And I think that was another really big thing I learned about myself during this time is like, even though the pandemic, it sucks, we still have to be healthy, we still have to be smart, you can still move your life and your projects forward, right? During the pandemic, I got married, I got a new job, I put out a book, I didn't sit there and go, I'm going to wait until this pandemic is over to get all this stuff done. Um, and you know, I was doing most of this work while kind of living in a not ideal situation. You know, obviously nothing like super negative, but my wife and I both working from home, stuck in a tiny apartment. Well, I was also unemployed for like half of the time. Um, but it, it is a little hard doing all that stuff while you're stacked on top of each other, but we made it work. Excellent. I mean, I know people who gained a lot of weight and they made sourdough bread or cakes and uh you know, binge watched uh, a lot of uh, Netflix and, and Amazon. Oh, and still stuff. did all of those things, <laughs> but just also had some time for, you know, the creativity and just being focused, right? I think that's like the, you know, the, I'm not sure if it's a double-edged sword, but getting this new job in January, you know, I, I think one of the things that full-time comedians, because that's sort of what I was beforehand, I was just performing comedy, just putting on shows, you have a little bit of too much time and you're not getting a lot of feedback that's like necessarily positive. That's like help moving you forward. Um, but like once I got the job, it was like, okay, now Saturdays are my creative window. I'm going to do a little bit each night, but like I have this, you know, 10 AM to 2 PM on Saturdays that like, if the things didn't get done, I'm sitting here and I'm cranking it out. Whereas when I didn't have the new job and I was unemployed, there was just kind of like all this extra time floating around. And it was like, what am I doing? I'm playing a ton of video games, which is great, but I'm not motivated. Uh, so, yeah. And you also did some, some timely sketches about having a job interview where you forgot your pants <laughs> <laughs> uh, and That's more. Uh, and uh, the sketches about the uh, schlub hub and, and some of the other things Rough in schlub. the pandemic. Grubsh love. Yeah, that was funny. That They were all very funny. I appreciated them. Um, oh, okay, so when you're not creating jokes or performing stand-up or doing all of your creative endeavors, um, what do you enjoy doing um, in your free time? Yeah, so this, you know, pandemic has kind of forced me to focus on those things, right? Because you ultimately see where you're spending your time. And it's like, do I want to just spend four hours each night once I'm done with work binging Netflix or HBO. And sometimes I definitely did that, but I, I did want to, you know, reconnect with some friends, 
because some of those connections were going a little hazy during the pandemic. So, uh, you know, reconnecting with friends and the mediums that we do, we play board games online as of now, video games online. Uh, I'm into those, the Fortnite and the Apex Legends on the PlayStation, getting killed by children or killing small children over the, the internet, you know. It's fun and it's just like a, <laughs> I know it sounds terrible, but it, it's it's a really easy way for my friends and I to get together on a recurring basis, catch up on the week, catch up on our lives and ultimately do this thing we all enjoy. So that's one huge aspect. Uh, definitely go on lots of walks. When I was back in the suburbs of Virginia, we had some nice trails. Now I'm in you know, downtown Baltimore. So I get to walk by the Harbor every day if I have that time and eat great food. We've got great food from different restaurants around here. And my wife and I we love cooking a lot. She does most of it, but I help out when I can. I mean, she's just great. Like she's, there's no reason why I should do more cooking. You know, it doesn't make sense, but I, I step in when I can and we do stuff together. We have fun with it. Um, ultimately my wife, you know, she's a just great support system and fun companion. She really just helps me be me and focus on the good parts and try not to like dwell on you know all the crazy stuff going on right it's like i just launched this book and she really helped me try to stay grounded through the whole process and not like overreact to each hour where oh i'm getting a review pop in or oh i just tried to upload my book on another platform and it didn't work right there's like all these little blockers that come in the way and many disappointments, many successes, and just try to stay like, no, you know, I'm just good in general. And we're going to just enjoy this ride. And besides, you know, the cooking and talking about life and our plans, obviously we watch TV and movies. Um, we are currently trying to think of work. We just recently finished uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO, which is a very, very fun show. Um, does like a kind of civil rights uh, racial allegory combining with like fantasy and horror and it's a little over the top but the acting was really great um, and movies I fell asleep to King Kong versus Godzilla last night um, but I might have just been tired it was a long week Gotcha. Well, having uh, a supportive and fun companion and someone to share the ups and downs is definitely um, something to be treasured. I, I definitely see that. Um, back to the book for a second. It's 186 pages, um, impressive number of jokes and puns. Uh, where are some of your favorite places to be creative? Yeah, I do want to touch on the 186 pages and kind of like the format of the book. Um, so okay. yeah, as you mentioned, 186 pages, you know, I, I should have done the joke count, but it's somewhere between three and four jokes a page. You know, sometimes it's a little more, got my calculator here. Let's do 3.5 at 651 jokes. Um, wow. and it's really like, you know, I was, it wasn't until I shared the book with other people and they kind of like reflect that feedback to you that you realize what it is, but it's honestly a comedy album to be consumed by reading. It has 10 chapters. They go about different areas. There's kind of an intuitive flow. I was very intentional about making it flow a certain way, like making sure it made as much sense as possible when I'm switching between topics or, you know, it with comedy, you kind of do this thing where you're like, you stay on topic, stay on topic, and then you kind of shock them with something completely different. 
but I was very intentional about that whole thing. Like every joke that went in there went in there for a reason. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to take every joke I've written for the past six years. It was very like, I think this joke is hilarious or I think this joke is really stupid. And then a couple of duds, you know, you got to throw a couple of duds in there. A um, couple of like pretty neutral jokes, but ultimately I wanted the jokes to stand off the page. You read them and you go, holy crap. Um, so back to your question uh, about my favorite place to be creative. I mean, honestly, my new setup in the Balt downtown Baltimore Fells Point house, which you have been to, I've got a little office space up here. I've got this huge desk that I am currently having my you know full-time job computer, my creative computer, and my PlayStation 4 all connected. And it kind of helps me isolate it from everything else. So it's not necessarily the creative part, but I'm able to get stuff done in here with this many screens and no distractions. Um, in terms of like being creative, a lot of that stuff kind of just happens in the moment. So it can either be, I'm sitting here, I'm probably like most creative, drinking coffee in the morning, going for a walk, exercising, or like, you know, doing the occasional uh, legal marijuana. So those are probably like the four, the four ways I get to my creative space. I actually keep a notepad and a bunch of pens um, on my night table and in my bed. And as I'm watching TV or dozing off, if a great idea or a story topic or an interview I want to do kind of pops into my head, I grab that pen and paper or my phone or I send myself an email because in the morning or later on I might get distracted and not remember it. Yeah, so, um, I, I do the same thing. I use a pretty good app that I started paying for, and I've used this app for a long time. It's not perfect, but it's called Evernote. Um, and it's not always, you know, organization is my weakness. I have to work really hard at it, but you can search your notes, which makes it pretty easy. So it's like even last night or when I was laying in bed, just to kind of, you know, piggyback off what you're saying, I was like, oh, I got some, I got some ideas about today. Let's, let's write them down. Like for instance, yeah. I, I did this at three thirty, and I had my phone. I was like, <laughs> you know, my cat. So I, I said, my cat is so sweet. She sleeps on my stomach every night in an attempt to make my stomach flatter. I haven't lost weight, but I'm farting more. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's yeah. stupid, but I was like, I'd rather have that in the morning than not have it. Right, right. Well, before all these apps, uh, I would be driving in my car, oh, picking nice. up my son from preschool and an interview would pop in or they'd call it the wrong time. Uh, Patricia Field, the fashion designer from Sex and the City, uh, Brooke Shields' father. I mean, just all kinds of celebrities and their family members would call me and I didn't have a notebook on me a few of those times and I grabbed post-it notes from inside my purse or inside the car and literally took copious notes on tiny little post-it notes. I probably used like, while you were driving. Uh, <laughs> well, I pulled, I pulled over <laughs> in the parking lot, but uh, you know, there was no recording device on my phone. I'm lucky I had a cell phone back there and uh, good thing. I take really good notes, but um, now I keep a little notebook in my, with me at all times. Yeah, no, um, I definitely, I have notebooks everywhere. I have a whiteboard in my office. So I am all about the pen and paper also. 
but the pen and paper does have to be for me committed to electronic at some point or it just gets thrown out. Right. I mean, I'm thinking if you're taking a walk to the harbor, you know, you have your phone, whereas yes. 10 years ago, you you know, you'd have to you'd put have a little tiny. Yeah. Right. Right. Something in your back pocket or uh, or hold on to it. Um, exactly. So lastly, why should everyone and their brother and sister and mother and father buy uh, uh -huh. daddy issues? You know, I think everyone should buy Daddy Issues. I think this book belongs in every bathroom stall and coffee table across America. Um, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, you know, it is a book of jokes, but I, I think with my narrative style, jokes are my thing. It's really a story. It kind of is reverse engineered into a story where it comes together. It's this comedy album that just happens to be readable. I did work really hard on it. That's something I forget. My like, you know, steady state is to like care and put a lot of work into stuff. And I really think that it came out good. You know, I read it in my hands after I got my own copy or I went to published it. And I think this book just, you know, you get to go inside my brain for a little bit, go for a ride. And I think that's fun. I think it's entertaining. You'll feel a lot better laughing at these jokes or groaning at the jokes. And it gets you out of the chaos that is life. You know, there's a lot of crap going on in the world. So maybe instead of worrying about what's happening in the news, you know, you, you figure out what's going on inside Alan Sidley's brain and you get to laugh at some ridiculous, ridiculous stuff for however long it takes you to read, you know, 684 jokes. 651. 651. Yep. Well, I laughed a lot and I enjoyed it and uh, you can pick it up and put it back down and share it with friends. And so um, everybody buy um, Alan Sidley's book, uh, Daddy Issues, um, on several platforms, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Goodreads. And um, thank you for doing this. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, one last thing. I'm not sure if you saw my joke I posted about the joke, the book coming to bathroom stalls everywhere, but it's not recommended that you read it all in one shitting. You should space it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I've, since, since I got your book, I've been looking at life a little bit lighter, a little bit funnier. There's so much heavy See, stuff going on. Working. Right. Schools were closed in part or in full. You know, I was doing eighth grade work with my son at the kitchen table uh, work was down, you know, we, we had snowstorms, like it, it could get heavy and sad and, you know, a lot of people sick and all this stuff. And to have an, a very easy way to, to laugh and connect, uh, and, uh, just feel lighter and happier again, it's kind of, um, that and meditation and a uh, good breakfast and that's all you need. Exactly. All right. Well, Thanks again so much, Deb, for joining and all the work you're doing to get my book into coffee tables and bathroom stalls. So, <laughs> My pleasure. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, folks, I feel like that was a great episode. Got to keep it short, pump the book out a little bit on its new release, get to talk about it, share you know some of the stories behind the story. And just really appreciate Deb's uh, taking time out of her schedule to do this with me. And if you haven't already, make sure to check out and buy my book, Daddy Issues, A Fatherless Comedian's Original Jokes, available on Amazon. 
Barnes and Noble, as well as Goodreads. More platforms coming soon. If you need an easy link, you can find it at www.daddyissuesbook.com. So check that out, folks. And until next time, just be good to each other. <laughs>